Will you go with me in your Bibles in the book of John? We are studying today chapter 6, verses 1 through 29. You will not find this in your bulletins, but you will have to look in your Bibles that you have in front of you, your iPads, iPhones, whatever you have. But uh, go with me to John chapter 6, verses 1 through 29 as we continue our study from the book of John. This is the word of God. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, then... And seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that, we, so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five early loaves left by those who have eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving them that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, 
but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into a boat, into the boats, and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you have eaten your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the word of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Our Heavenly Father, we know that we cannot believe in our own strength and power. You reveal that to Nicodemus, Lord Jesus, as you had that conversation with him. And it takes for the power of the Holy Spirit to come into the life of an individual, to renew his mind and heart, to give him new life, in order to be able to see the truth of the gospel, to see with spiritual eyes. We thank you that you have given us that, to see the gospel. But we pray, Lord, for those who are reading and are wondering and don't know what to believe from these verses. We pray that you will send the Holy Spirit to them as well, that they might believe and they might become your followers as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are three questions that I would like you to be thinking as we consider these verses. These three questions are not the three points of the passage, but these are three questions that I am encouraging you to think as we consider these verses. The first question is, do you consider yourself a follower of Jesus? Do you consider yourself a follower of Jesus? Second question is, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And the third question, and basically I think if you answer this question, that will help you to understand these other two questions, is the question that we are going to address from these verses by the end of these verses, because Jesus is answering that question, and that question is, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? One thing that I love about the book of John, uh, John gave us a summary of this book or the purpose of this book in two verses. And it is not that he left it to our interpretation that we read through the book and we find, oh, this might be the summary of this book. John himself gave us that summary in chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. If you might want to go with me or just hear me 
or maybe just write it down at least because these verses give you a summary of the purpose of the book. In, in fact, if you look at the title that you have in your ESV's uh, Bibles, it will say it's the purpose of this book. And this is the purpose of this book. Now, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written, the signs that are written throughout the book of John, all the miracles and signs and wonders that he did, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John himself wrote all these signs throughout the gospel of John so that you may believe what? That Jesus is the Christ and that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing in that you may have life in his name. And if John wrote about these signs with that purpose, we can also understand that Jesus himself did all these signs with that purpose. The signs that he did, the miracles that he did, were with the purpose of helping people to believe that Jesus was the Christ and that Jesus was the Son of God and that by believing in him as the Christ and as the Son of God, they may have eternal life. The signs and wonders that Jesus did had the purpose of making Jesus disciples or followers to himself. When we look at all the signs and wonders that Jesus did throughout the Gospel of John, we see that the end result of that is that more people became his followers. They saw the signs and they became the followers of Jesus. But as we will see from these verses, and as we aim to address the question, why do you follow Jesus? Why did they follow Jesus? Not every time that they saw the signs that Jesus did, they followed Jesus for the right purpose. They many times followed Jesus for the wrong purpose. So we're going to see three parts on these verses. The first part is the sign, the sign at the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which we read from verses 1 through 15. The second part is the sign at the sea going to Capernaum, which is the verses that we read from verses 16 through 21. And the last part of the message is Jesus explains the purpose of the signs in verses 22 through 29. So let's look at the first part, the sign at the other side of the Sea of Galilee, verses 1 through 15. Well, John tells us right away in verse 2 that a large crowd was following Jesus. And that crowd was following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. As we look at the first chapters of the book of John, we have seen that Jesus has changed water into wine, that Jesus has healed the song of an official without even going to visit the song, that Jesus has raised the paralytic. We have seen these signs described by the book of John, but John himself told us in John chapter 20 that not all the signs that Jesus did in the presence of disciples were written 
in this book. Therefore, when we read here that crowds were following Jesus because they saw the signs, it means that they saw many other signs. They saw people being healed. They saw Jesus displaying his glory before them. And Jesus goes, goes to the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. And John tells us something that the other gospel don't tell us, gospels don't tell us about this event. In fact, so you know, this is the only miracle that appears in the four gospels. And if you read the four gospels, you will see different emphasis that each one of the authors of the gospels give to um, the miracle. But one thing that John, the evangelist, tells us about this miracle is that the, this happened near to the Passover time. And I think that John was not just giving us some chronological information about when was this happening, but there is a connection between that and the miracle that Jesus was about to do. At the Passover time, the Jews would celebrate that, Jesus, that God delivered them from, the, from Egypt and that he took them into the desert. And when they were at the desert, they were in a place where they depended completely from God. In fact, God himself provided manna for them, provided water, provided all what they needed in their journey to the promised land. But now we are seeing also that Jesus, as he goes to this place, and as people are following him, we're learning that Jesus is going to a place where there were no wawas, 7-Elevens, or chops around where people could get some food to eat. Therefore, Jesus is taking the people out in a, to a place where they depended on him. And they didn't have the resources to feed themselves, but Jesus provided for them as God provided manna for the people of Israel in the desert. Jesus provided for them also bread to eat. But as that manna meant more than just that bread, but meant that God would provide for them eternal life, the food that Jesus was providing for them have a greater meaning than just feeding them at that moment. Then Jesus has interaction with three people that we see from these verses. He lifts up the eyes, and, and then he, he asks first Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Again, it's wonderful that, that John is actually telling us why did he ask that question. It doesn't leave it to our interpretation. He tells us that he said that in order to test Philip, to see how Philip will respond to that question that Jesus was asking. It's not that Jesus was trying to figure out what to do, and then all of a sudden he have to figure out, okay, I'm going to provide because Philip has an answer for my question. No, Jesus wanted to test Philip to know Philip's answer. What is Philip's answer? Philip's answer is 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to get a little. He looked at the crowd. He could guess that there were so many people that he calculated that 200 denarii, which is the equivalent of eight months of work, will not be enough to feed everyone there 
and that people will eat just even a little bit. Think about this. Think about, I was about to say, think about what Jesus thought when, Jesus, when Philip said that, but Jesus also knew what Philip would answer to him. This was more for the sake of us and for those that were later hearing and reading the story. Then we have the second interaction that Jesus has is with Andrew. Andrew, who is one of his disciples, Simon's brothers, Simon's brother, come to Jesus and said, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. Stop there. No, don't continue reading. Because if you stop there, you think, wow, Andrew got it. He's bringing the bread to Jesus and the fish, and he knows that Jesus can do something with this. Why? Because he saw that Jesus was able to change water into wine. But no. Andrew says, but what are they for so many? He's actually bringing the food before Jesus to say, this is not enough. There is no enough. We will not have enough money to feed these people. And Andrew is saying, this food is not enough to feed all these people. But you know what is interesting is the, the little boy, or the boy that is bringing the food before Jesus. Because this was his lunch. It was, first of all, a barely loaf of bread, or barely breath, is just the cheapest kind of bread that you could get out there. I won't try to guess a cheap bread around, because it might be the one that you like the most, but it was a very cheap bread, and it was only three you could say sardines, little fishes, to give some flavor to the bread. But the boy was willing to surrender his lunch, surrender his meal before Jesus. I don't know. We, don't, we, don't, it's, we, we sh- probably we should not guess what was the boy thinking because we don't know. It doesn't tell us about his faith, but, but we see that the boy is willing to give the food for something to happen, because for sure he knew that that food would not feed all the people that was there. How many people were there? John tells us 5,000 men. And 5,000 men means about 15,000 people, maybe, because it was only counting the men, not the wives, not the women, and the children. What does Jesus do? He takes the bread, he gives thanks, he distributed to them. Try to think about that, about that for a moment. How that happened. He gave thanks and he distributed the bread. And something that is so amazing is happening there that that bread just keep going and going and going and going. Enough to feed 15,000 people. We went to the beach yesterday and we cooked for 60 people, burgers and hot dogs. That was a lot of work. And you know, and we know how much we, we spent in getting all the burgers, hot dogs, and stuff. Think about 15,000 people. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But it was enough to the point that they collected the leftovers and they filled 12 baskets of all this food. Now, what is Jesus, what is, what is the people's response 
to Jesus' sign. Because remember, they got there, first of all, because they have seen the signs that Jesus has done. They are following Jesus because they have seen that he's able to to heal the sick and to do many things that we don't know because they are not described in the Gospel of John. But when they see that he does this one in front of their very eyes, verse 14 tells us, when people saw the sign again that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. It's not saying a prophet, it's that prophet that was promised in the Old Testament by Moses. They are thinking that here something eschatological is happening. Something that is fulfilling the scripture is happening in front of our eyes. This is a sign that Jesus is very special. I think that there is a transition between what they thought when they got to that place until that moment when they are saying these words. They went there because they saw the signs and wanted to see something happen, maybe in their lives. Maybe they wanted to be healed or, or something. But now they are saying, this man is the prophet that is promised in the Old Testament. Maybe that gives us some encouragement about their faith and how they are becoming good followers of Jesus. But, you know, Jesus does something here that make us think twice about where did they stand in their faith. Verse 15 says that perceiving that they were about to come to take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Jesus did not like that. And he withdrew from them when they saw that they wanted to make him king by force. So this is first. That's the sign at the other side of Galilee that we study here in verses 1 through 15. Now let's look at the sign at the sea going to Capernaum. Again, if you read these events in the other Gospels, you will find that Mark 6, 45, tells us that he made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. And I think that's important because otherwise, if you just read from John, you might think, wow, the disciples are so rude. They just left and they didn't care that Jesus was left behind. No, Jesus himself was the one who told them, get into a boat, go ahead of me. I'm not going with you right now. And again, because Jesus had a plan with that. They go, in, they got into the boat and they are starting across the Sea of Capernaum. And it was dark. I don't think that I ever will get into a boat when it's dark. I have never done that. I don't like boats uh, in the ocean. But it's dark and Jesus is not there with them. And the sea became too rough because of a strong wind was blowing. I actually confess before you, I'm really scared of the ocean. When I stand there and I look Back there, where you cannot even reach on the other side, is really, for me, frightening to feel that I have no power, that if all of a sudden a tsunami, and, and I'm, I'm confessing to you, those are the kind of things that I think when I'm in front of the ocean, a tsunami is coming. Or if I'm going inside of the ocean, it's really frightening because you see how small you are 
before the ocean. But I also think about my son. We, every time we go out and he has to go to the restroom, he goes with me. And when we're getting close, he said, Papa, I don't like wind. I don't like windy. You might wonder, what's that? He said, Papa, I don't like windy. And the thing is that Sam doesn't like the air dryer to dry his hands. And he says, Papa, I like paper towel. Because the ocean and the wind is what they were facing there. They were facing the wind that was really making the ocean a very dangerous place. Then what happened? Then they, 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 had, they, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat and they were frightened. Now, it's important for you to know that this is the second time that they had a similar experience with Jesus in the ocean. Because in the other Gospels, you will learn that before Jesus multiplied the bread, they were already in a boat with Jesus where he was asleep, and they were afraid that they would drown there, and Jesus stopped the storm. Now, of course, they are frightened to see Jesus walking because they have never seen such a thing in their lives. But he said to them these amazing words. It is I. Do not be afraid. Actually, it is I in Greek is ego eimi. And ego eimi is I am, I am. It's repeating the same thing. It's like when you see it so the, 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 the I am's throughout the gospel, this will be one of them because it's I am, I am. What does that make you think from the Old Testament? I am who I am. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, I am God to not be afraid. What happened is this. They were glad to take him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. The storm stopped and they were right there after hours of struggling in the ocean to survive. Because they had I am who I am in the boat. They have God himself with them. And again, what is the connection between these, you might wonder, and the event that happened before is that here, the disciples saw Jesus walking. The disciples saw another sign, another sign of whom Jesus was. Third, Jesus explained the purpose of the signs. Then we read in verse 22 that on the other day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea and saw that there has been only one boat, and there is a new sign for them. The sign is that they're realizing that there was one boat that the disciples left, and Jesus is not there. So how did Jesus get to the other side? They decided to get into, a, into boats and go there, and when they found Jesus, they asked Jesus, Rabbi, when did you come here? Actually, when did you come here can be also, how did you come here? 
How actually were you able to get here? There was only one boat. This would have been a perfect opportunity for Jesus to say, well, I walk through the, through the ocean. And if you don't believe me, just ask my disciples. They saw me. Did Jesus do that? No. He confronted the faith of everybody in that place. Why? Because people were following the signs, not for the one who was doing the signs, but because of the benefits that they were receiving from him. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Wait a second. Jesus is saying that they are not following him because they saw the signs. But John has said that they were following him because they saw the signs. Well, there is obviously a difference between what Jesus is saying here and what John said here at the beginning of the chapter. It is that the people were following Jesus because they wanted to be healed, because they wanted to be fed, because they wanted their problems to be solved. They did not care about Jesus, but they care about the benefits of being around Jesus. How do we know that? Jesus told them, because you ate your fill of the loaves. That explains why Jesus didn't receive or didn't welcome that they wanted to make him a king. Jesus is the king. Jesus came to establish his kingdom. But he did not accept them when they wanted to make him a king by force because all they wanted is a king that would defeat the Romans and solve all their problems. But Jesus was bringing a different kingdom, a greater kingdom, a heavenly kingdom to earth, a spiritual kingdom to deliver them from something greater, to fulfill something more than what they could see with their eyes. Remember what Jesus told the Samaritan woman? If you drink of the water that I give you, you will not be thirsty again. He wasn't talking about another well. He was talking about something greater that only Jesus can offer. Do not work for food that perish, but for the food that endures for to eternal life. They were hungry again. That's food that perished. You eat, lunch, and I don't know if that has happened to you, but you think, oh, I won't eat for the rest of the day. And later at 6 o'clock, you are hungry again. And, or in the morning at least. Yes, food that perish. Water that you drink and you're thirsty again. But Jesus is offering to them, is saying, food that endures to eternal life. This is the same food, or we could say the same water that Jesus was offering to the Samaritan woman. And who can give you that food? He says, which the Son of Man will give you. Only Jesus can give you that food. Now, we know that in order to eat, you need to work, right? That's the common sense of society. Therefore, they say, 
What must we do to be doing the works of God? What are our works? How can we present some works before God to receive that food that does not perish? And Jesus answered to them, this is the word of God. This is what you need to do. Believe in him he has sent. If you believe in him he has sent, you will not be hungry again. You will not be thirsty again. Why do you follow Jesus? Again, why do you follow Jesus? Many people today follow Jesus because they are looking for the benefits that Jesus can provide for them. That's what the health and wealth gospel preach. What is, that's what the prosperity gospel preach. They gather together crowds and they offer, Jesus is going to give you all you need here on earth. Can we ask God for our daily bread? Yes. Jesus told us to pray, give us our daily bread. Jesus has something greater than your daily bread. Because your life is eternal. And you need something for eternity. And only Jesus can offer that to you. Only he can satisfy your life forever. Later, Simon will answer Jesus when Jesus will question, do you want to go with them? And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. What is to be a follower of Jesus or why do we follow Jesus? Because he has words of eternal life. Because he can offer to you what nobody else can offer, which is eternal life. And the signs and wonders when pointing people to remember what John says, so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. They were performed by Jesus with the purpose of revealing his identity to people, that people would know I am who I am is in front of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you have provided a way for us through faith to be saved, to have eternal life. We thank you that you are the one who sustain our lives and provide us that bread that feed us for eternity, which is yourself. As we prepare our hearts for partake together, partaking together of the Lord's Supper, we pray that you will help us to think about this as well, that these elements represent your life and that they also feed us spiritually, nourish our souls by your power. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.